Welcome to Moving the Needle on Wicked Problems, our occasional podcast. Recently, Stats Canada released a report which noted that more than 8.3 million people, or almost one quarter of Canada's population, were or have been a landed immigrant or permanent resident in Canada. The federal government now has a new target for immigration over the next three years. In 2025, it plans to bring in close to half a million immigrants uh, to Canada. I believe that this is good news all around. Immigrants bring new ideas, hard work and positive economic growth and immigration done well is good for Canada. Absolutely, Senator. Canada is really embracing immigration as a path for the future. The big question is how will cities and communities handle this influx? Even though immigration is a national program, inclusion is local. It happens at towns, at local businesses, at the local ice hockey rink or the soccer pitch. It's one thing to have people come into Canada, but it's another to set the stage to make them included in society. Our guest today is Mayor of Toronto, John Tory. Let's get to the interview. Welcome, Mayor. This conversation is all about immigrants and refugees to the city. And you you will know that the federal government has major plans to expand the number of immigrants coming into the country. And we know that immigrants love Toronto. Close to half of our population in this wonderful city is made up of immigrants. So perhaps from your point of view as the mayor of the city, can you just share with us uh, how have immigrants made the city one of the best cities to live in? Well, you just answered the question. You know, they have made the city one of the best places in the world to live. And I think it's it's the immigrants themselves uh, who have brought with them all kinds of, uh, you know, courage and determination and skills and, and so on. Uh, and in, in broadening out our diversity the way they have, I think they've made us a place where if you combine them with our sort of basic core values, which say we do embrace people and take them for who they are and, you know, no matter what their personal attributes are, their faith, their sexual orientation, their skin color, you know, and we're not perfect, but we're trying our best. It has allowed us to have something where two and two makes a hundred, not just, not just five. And so, I mean, to me, um, you know, the very fact that more than half the people that live in the city are immigrants and that this city is perceived to be one of the most successful in the world, one of the best places to live and so on, those are not unconnected at all. In fact, quite the opposite. And so the challenge for us is to sort of keep it going and make sure that those very same people, immigrants and refugees, um, have the kind of chance that maybe it was more easy for them to have in previous uh, generations. Uh, because the city and country were growing so fast that there was a desperate need, um, you know, for people to work, for example, and this kind of thing. I think we're at that point again. It's a it's a good news story that the, the, the desperate kind of labor shortage uh, means that uh, you know anybody who has any kind of a hesitation, and there are some people who do about immigration, will say, well, whatever hesitation I have, um, you know, I've always sort of said there was the moral case and there's the sort of business case, and. I, I never, I, I wish people would buy into both, but uh, sometimes people don't buy into the moral case. They buy into the business case, which is we need people to grow the city, to grow the economy and so on. But bottom line, um, they've made the city the interesting place that it is. They've made it the success that it is. Um, their determination and their skills have made it, um, you know, a city that accomplishes more punches way above its weight. I, I have no doubt that, that it is a fundamental factor in our success. 
So Maya, you said two plus two makes a hundred in this case, or five plus five makes a hundred. And that is, you know, from my point of view, completely true. But if you look at the trend lines on the number of immigrants uh, choosing to live in Toronto, it is declining. More and more people are choosing to live in other places for various reasons. Alberta is undertaking an aggressive advertising campaign to go west, uh, young immigrant. Um, and one of the possibly unintended outcomes is that Toronto will lose an electoral seat in Scarborough as a result of population decline, partly because more immigrants are going other places. Is this good for Canada and bad for Toronto, or is it a good news story all around? Well, I think it's good for Canada for sure. I mean, I think that uh, if other people could have the blessing that we've had in Toronto of having, you know, the majority, the majority of immigrants either come here to begin with or end up here. And I think a large re part of the reason why they end up here is, is twofold. One, opportunity that exists here. I mean, the scale of the city, the scale of its economy and such, there are more opportunities for more people here. But secondly, I think they often want to live where more people like them live, you know, people who may have come from the same place or had the same background or whatever. And the scale and size of the communities we have here, faith communities, communities of nationality, you know, it's just such that I think people can feel very comfortable here. But I think it's good for the rest of the country to go through the same experience we've been through. I can't say what I believe, which is the immense benefit that refugees and immigrants have brought to Toronto without saying, well, that would be good for other cities in the country in many respects. I mean, in terms of growing their own economy, but also, you know, what else in terms of growing their embracing uh, of the whole notion that immigrants and refugees are a really, really, really good thing for you in every single respect, including but not limited to economically. Is it bad for Toronto? No, because, you know, at the end of the day, the math still works out to be the case that we're going to get very significant numbers. So if it goes from 70 percent of immigrants who end up here down to 62, I'd rather 100 percent said they want to come to Toronto. But I also understand the fact that the cost of living here, uh, you know, the size of the city is a, is a disincentive to some people. They just don't want to live in a city this big. Um, so I, I, I want to keep our eye on making sure that the reason they're not coming here is because they find this an unattractive or unembracing or unwelcoming place that doesn't have opportunity for them and rather it's that they have a desire to live in a smaller community or that for, for somebody like them in terms of their particular background profession or whatever that there's a better opportunity for a bricklayer or for a you know a, 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 a software engineer in Calgary than there is in Toronto at a moment in time and I understand that there are people from Toronto who've lived here for generations their families who are going to move to somewhere else in the country because they think at that moment in time there's a better opportunity for them so I look at it and say we have to keep our eye on it and make sure that people still want to come here and that this is still a magnet uh, but that for the country it's great if more people want to come to more places in this country because uh, we have 500,000 people that we want to have come here every year and they can't all come to Toronto. Now one of the concerns that uh, people have about increasing immigration levels is about the impact that it's going to have on housing availability, housing affordability. You know, what can be done at the municipal level, but also, you know, since the senator is a federal politician, even at the federal level to to deal with this issue? Well, this is something I'll probably come back to in our discussion today, because I think it's a fundamental importance in this entire area, and that is the need for the three governments to work together. It is uh, astonishing to me is now quite a long time mayor in the biggest city in the country, the degree to which all three governments have a have, have a role to play in all in many given areas and yet they don't really work together they kind of pretend they do they kind of have meetings sometimes uh, involving two out of three and this kind of thing and and so on something like housing 
Um, this is why, I mean, frankly, if you think about it, the reason why housing prices are becoming unaffordable is because of the law of supply and demand. There isn't enough supply. Who's creating the demand? Well, it's immigrants coming who we need to come. We need them to come. We want them to come. And so the solution isn't to stop immigrants from coming. The solution is to start building more housing and make sure that a portion of it is more affordable. And so that is why in this city, the city of Toronto, and I don't think it's that different in many other cities across the country. It is the number one priority, certainly for me as a recently reelected mayor. It is the number one priority for the next four years, which is to dramatically and significantly increase the supply of housing. And of course, much of that will be to accommodate people who are coming here. I say all the time when people say to me, why is everybody so concerned about housing? I say, well, there are 70,000 people, most of them immigrants coming to Toronto each and every year. They have to have a place to live and they have to have a place to work. And those are the two kind of fundamentals that, um, that you know, we all know. And so um, I think that's why it's such a priority for us to get housing supply dramatically increased. And I would just repeat what I said, that is a task of all three governments. The municipal governments in this country generally, and certainly in the case of Toronto, do not have the resources or the ability to raise the resources necessary to sort of build, um, subsidize in some cases for people. And, and let's remember, the people that you're subsidizing housing for are not limited to the most marginalized people. A first year teacher, a first year police officer, a first year person working in a bank is not making the kind of income that will allow them to live in a city like Toronto. Just, and that is true in many other global cities. Um, so that's why you have to have affordable housing, which simply says you have some housing through a variety of means where you've made it possible to keep rents uh, and in some cases purchase on home ownership programs affordable for people in that kind of income bracket because you want them uh, to live in big cities like Toronto because you don't want to have a city that consists entirely of people who are very comfortable and those who are very marginalized. So. Um, so I think that it, 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 immigration is one of the major incentives that makes housing such a priority as opposed to anything else. And that's how we're going to be able to accommodate all the people that we want to come and need to come in the, in the future years. So staying on housing, but moving to refugees, you know, you've, you know better than anyone else the pressure that the city faces uh, with uh, refugee housing. I, I know that the city has rented hotels. I believe you may even have bought a hotel as a shelter for refugees. Why does the federal government not align its uh, its policies on refugee protection with its policies on supporting housing for refugees in a city like Toronto? It's a really good question and frankly it's a bit of a mystery to me because uh, I will say this in fairness to them. Uh, each year they have come forward and with regard to our shelter costs, which I, I don't view as addressing housing in any kind of permanent way. With, with regard to our shelter costs, they have, I'll, I'll say, the good news is each year they've written us a check. The bad news is that I have to sort of go and ask for that check and talk about it all year before I eventually get it. So they've never failed to be there because I've reminded them Toronto as a government and as a people, the people who live here, has been extremely supportive of Canada's open a policy with respect to uh, embracing refugees. But I also think that your point inherent in your question, namely that we have to have a program that provides for a more permanent answer for housing as opposed to just making shelters available and have the feds pay for them. And, you know, we've suggested a number of times uh, and we've actually put put some action behind our words, which is that we gather together, say in the case of Ukrainian uh, refugees in the current uh, war situation, we got all the governments from the greater Toronto and Hamilton area together 
who all remarkably formulated a plan to help accommodate those refugees. You wouldn't be in a situation where one city, and ordinarily it would be Toronto, would have to bear the, the um, responsibility of making sure all these people could be housed and found a job, but rather you'd share it based on, you know, what's going on at a given moment in time. And if this week it's going to be that some people could be better off in Hamilton, getting better housed and better employed, next week it's uh, Markham, and the week after that it's Toronto, you could do it that way. We reached agreement as governments. We also reached a price tag, which was very reasonable because we were doing it all together under <laughs> one kind of administrative umbrella. And they've had some trouble just saying yes to that, which I would have thought that would be an immediate yes. Yes, you can take the responsibility off our hands and deal with it locally. Yes, you're going to deal with it in a cooperative manner that puts refugees where they can be best cared for in terms of housing and jobs. And yes, uh, you've given us a price tag that probably has some economies of scale. And yet that's just not so. So I don't know. There's some policy disconnect between the openness we all share to and the, and the desire to have immigrants and refugees come uh, to the country and to our city and to the cities in this region in particular, and their willingness to broaden out their mind beyond just shelters to say, should we have some kind of a rapid housing type program that is specifically designed for the uh, refugee population, maybe across the region in the case of Southern Ontario, which is a magnet, you know, even more so than Toronto, Southern Ontario is a big magnet for refugees and for immigrants. Well, Mayor, you have a senator in on Parliament Hill who will go to bat for you on this. So I'd love to share, see those Thank plans and, and, and expand on them as the opportunities arise. The federal government has recently launched another pilot. It's called the Municipal Nominee Program, which enables municipalities like Toronto to select immigrants, sort of. Now, Toronto likely doesn't need to select immigrants because, you know, we have all the immigrants that want to come to Toronto. But is this the beginning of what you would call a seat at the table in terms of federal policies on immigration? Do you see uh, a softening of the hardened arteries here in terms of who talks to who and when? Not really. Um, mm -hmm. I just in, and I don't mean to sound cynical and saying not really because we have already a memorandum, a memoranda that exists between Canada, Ontario, and Toronto with respect to how a lot of these matters are handled. So there was a process put in place, I guess, in recognition of the fact that Toronto was a magnet and, and attracted by far the largest number of refugees and, and immigrants. I think the nominee program is going to be more of benefit to smaller communities than Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I would say that while I will acknowledge one of the things that your question implies, which is that there's a much greater need for Toronto and Ontario and Canada all, because I'm not sure Ontario's at this table as often as it might be either, but I think there's a much greater need for, as opposed to saying we're going to reopen the Constitution or any of that stuff, we should just be sitting together. I would so much welcome the opportunity as the mayor of the biggest city in the country, mayor of a city that is bigger than most of the provinces of Canada, to sit and say, okay, how do we best? you know, deal with these things. It isn't through a particular program necessarily, whether it's the nominee program or any other one, they're, they're all useful in their own way. But how do we actually deal with a number of these things and hopefully forge an agreement? I think that's what people expect us to do. I think it's entirely possible for us to do it were it not for what I think you called the hardening of arteries, which to me is just about political turf uh, yes. protection and turf yes. assertion, which yes. accomplishes nothing. It doesn't help a single refugee no. or immigrant uh, to have us Absolutely. having turf wars. I just want to be able to well look after and embrace and give the opportunity to grow all these people who come here so they don't get alienated and so they do feel the reason they came here, which is to seek out a new life and a new opportunity can be delivered to them. So quick final question. Were you consulted by the federal government on its new immigration plans, which target 500,000 immigrants coming near in three years? 
I was not. Uh, I mean, had they consulted me, I would have said, you know, probably that if we had this kind of cooperation I just discussed, we could accommodate more people given that our share is going to do this. Uh, I wasn't. Now, it's not to say our officials weren't, but I'm a believer that Canada can and in some respects needs to. Uh, if you look at our labor shortage, you look at people not having as many babies as they once did and so on and so forth. Uh, and you look at the success of these programs. I mean, the success we've had from immigration and from refugees, but I was not personally consulted about it. Uh, as mayor, and uh, I don't know if our officials were. I suspect they were in some discussion about it, but uh, I was not myself. Well, your point of view will get well known on the airwaves. Thank you, Mayor. This has been very helpful. And thank you to our listeners. Please write us and tell us how we did and propose other speakers. We'd be happy to go down that road, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you.